Koji and Alex of Get Better Records. Would you all like to, um, I guess, briefly introduce yourselves and tell us what you do, um, both within the record label and as individuals? Yes. I'm Alex. Uh, I started Get Better in 2009. Um, and I also played drums in a band, Control Top. And outside of the label, I also practice acupuncture at a clinic. Um, yeah, that's pretty much what's going on with me. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I'm uh did you say you're in a band and stuff I yeah 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 okay just making sure <laughs> um uh I'm I'm Koji and I started helping out with the label in like end of May last year and um yeah I'm an artist and also go by Koji when I play music and um and I do A&R and like creative direction, but it's DIY. So Alex and I, like, we, we say these things, but we do a little bit of everything. Um, yeah, which we're like so st like stoked about as people who are fans of music bands and making records to still be doing a little bit or a lot of everything is like, um, you know, really good, especially for me being like, you know, I think the older I get, the more pronounced my neurodivergence uh, like emerges. So like, I just need a little bit of everything to be able to do anything at all. So happy to be here with Alex and with y'all. It's so nice to meet you. Nice, <laughs> yeah, nice you. to meet you. Yeah. Oh, <clears throat> I was going to say, Koji, do you like start something and then stop it and then go work on something else for like a little bit and then come back to that first thing? <laughs> Yeah, well, you know what? Now that I'm at the queer label, I can finally talk about all the astrological stuff that I want. And I just want everyone to know my Mars is in Aries. And that's totally the situation you're describing. But, you know, my Venus is in Capricorn, which is why I can finish things. <laughs> We're going to look at the website and all the artists. Yes, yeah, I'll assigned. send you my chart later. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was gonna say, Alex, I've seen uh, I've seen Control Top a couple of times. Y'all did that run with um, Devouring Mothers, yeah, um, cool. and in SoCal, like yeah. Oh, that was so fun. That yeah. was like three years ago, almost. Now. Yeah, it was so wild. The one in like the basement, <laughs> one place. Like I feel like Laura like almost hit the ceiling with her head. Like it was like underground. Oh. like kind of thing. I'm pretty sure that was outside of LA, like in. Um, it was in like Orange County area. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I saw you off the Troubadour too. Cool. Oh, that was a fun show. That was my first time at the Troubadour too. Yeah, that was a good couple of shows. Yeah, and like, yeah, that basement venue. I remember that. <laughs> it was weird. Yeah. I was like, she's very gonna... tall, and we're all yeah. very short, so like we had no, we had no problem at all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, nobody jump. Right. <laughs> Just like. <laughs> Like just, just chill. Yeah, yeah. It, was a, it was a fun time. <laughs> Do you want to talk about how Get Better got started and how it kind of came to be? Sure, yeah. So um, so my friend Nick and I started the label in 2009 when we were both living in Keene, New Hampshire. Uh, and then like uh, he left the label a year later and then I obviously like continued it on. Um, the label has shifted and shifted you know, had a lot of different shapes and forms. Um, but then like we really shifted um, like 
six or seven years ago, um, kind of like when I was realizing like my own like gender stuff and coming out as non-binary um, and that kind of like totally changed the label into a being like a label that only focused on or mostly focused on queer, trans, non-binary artists. Um, and that's kind of been, it hasn't really changed much since then other than like kind of like the inner workings of the label, who's working at the label, um, but the bands and like the people that we've work, been working with since then have kind of, you know, been queer trans people in, in that community since then. Um, yeah, so we yeah, started off being just like a super, super DIY, like burn CDs with like plastic sleeves, like super like low budget label. Um, and it's like very gradually shifted into more, you know, vinyl releases. You know, we have like a distributor and such like that. Um, but yeah, I feel like we're like always changing and evolving and challenging ourselves to to do more and do and, and you know be better. Yeah. And that's one thing to get I better. Like. Get better. <laughs> better. Yeah. To get better. <laughs> that's one thing I like too is that like get better is like a music label, but you do see a lot of like mutual aid reposts and like fundraisers and things like that too. It's kind of a well-rounded label. Yeah, that's definitely at the core of our ethos is to, you know, make sure we're not just talking about music um, and supporting our community. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and, and that's that's how I got involved with the label was through a compilation release called Sunday Someday that we put out last year that was initially to like help fund my bandmate and like fellow artists on the label, Flamine. Um, My friend Gabe was getting top this surgery. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> the one. I'm oh, sorry, it's, not, it's it. not open. <laughs> yeah, no, that's But awesome. it's here, I have it. <laughs> yeah, so like, no, you're an archivist. Um, <laughs> yeah, so like we were, we were making that record and um, it, initially we wanted to fund Gabe's top surgery and then like, they have such an amazing <clears throat> community that they funded it before, you know, vinyl times stretched, as you know, everyone says it on every podcast, I'm sure. And so it's like, or at least every day we talk to somebody that wants to talk to us about how long it takes to do vinyl now. But by the time it came out, it was funded and they had got their top surgery. So we helped fund uh, acoustic treatment um, for, for the LGBT center to create more access for like, young adults and youth with like sensory needs. So that was like a really cool thing, which is uh, something that I didn't know I even needed access to something like that when I was a kid, because at that time, um, yeah, just living my false reality of cis, like heteroness. Um, so to be able to like, just contribute to like an amazing resource in my hometown to do it with like another hometown artist and to like have been in community with one another and come in to community with like Alex and the label and like deeper relationship that sort of uh, just like led one thing led to another, like since Gabe and I, and like a lot of us are coming from like community care and organizing backgrounds when um, vaccinations were like happening and we're getting, um, getting our minds into the idea that we might be playing shows again. I just like asked Alex if it would be okay if I just asked all the bands to get together to talk about, what it would look like to do this safely, knowing who COVID and just more broadly the state yeah. affects disproportionately. So what can we do being this label, being this community to just open the communication and try and um, you know, do this cultural work. It's not just music, they're like we're visual artists, video artists, like 
involved with so many things involved with you know mutual aid groups in our our local towns and stuff so we're like how do we do this in a way that's just in a in great alignment and and not so isolating because that's that's been the story of all of our lives is just um dealing with like the heaviness of this moment and that stress and you know we really believe that collective power is the real power and um you know, you got to make the space. So that, that's what spoke to me is like Alex's vocal um, radical practice and doing record making um, and just being a person, you know, was like such a beacon to me uh, before I was even really ready to start telling people I was non-binary, you know. So here we are. It's like been a, a really beautiful ride. Awesome. I love that. <laughs> I know, I love that. I feel like a lot of people went through that kind of realization during the pandemic. You know, you're by yourself you're at home you're kind of just there you know and it was a time for people to just kind of look at themselves and figure themselves yes. out and grow and I feel like yeah. there's been so many people just coming out of the pandemic a completely different person but like in a good way yeah you're kind of forced to like look at yourself in you the know, mirror and be like thoughts all day <laughs> <laughs> who am I <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, I'm not going out tonight. Uh, let, let me make a list. <laughs> yeah, let me make another list. <laughs> I don't think I want to change about myself. <laughs> I know that, Alex, I know that like Get Better was a place for you to like house your initial project. So what like made you want to self-release in that way as opposed to like peddling to another uh, label? Uh, well, I think when we first started the label, it was like, you know, the only option was to do that mm -hmm. um like you know we would like send our demo out to different places and never hear back um so yeah at a certain point we're just like why don't we just i'll just like let's just do it i've always been fascinated by you know labels and music and everything and the industry how it works and like you know like i knew nothing about any of this running a label when, when i started it kind of just learned as we went and just like met a lot of great people who have like helped um push it along but yeah, it was kind of just mostly because it was the only option that there was. Um, and like, you know, Control Top has, you know, gotten offers from other labels. Um, we even signed to another label at one point um, before our record came out. And then they couldn't have our record out for that, that large in Grace tour. So they nicely let us out of the deal. And that's actually why I Get Better ended up putting it out. Um, but that was also in a time when I wasn't really focusing most of my time on the label was kind of like on the back burner of what I was, what I was doing. And then, but like since pandemic, that's been like, I've been working on the label every single day. There's like not a day where we're not doing something with the label. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. So it ended up being like a really good thing that we did that record <laughs> and not having yeah. the other label release it at that time. Yeah. Right on. Oh yeah. You only had um, like cassette tapes at the time, right? Uh, the, on that on that tour, I, I yeah, I think so. what happened was probably those those California shows were before the record was out, and then we actually had the record shipped to us like halfway through that tour when it was when they were done. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, we did make cassette tapes. I forgot about that. I don't even think I have one. But... <laughs> Our friend Riley does. She has, oh, a, really? she has I, a cassette. Tape I probably now. have one somewhere in some box. I was looking for one like a couple months ago, and I was like, why don't I not? Why do I not? Have one? Um. But yeah, that's kind of how it happened. Which oh, is okay. like, it was the only hey, option. You know, yeah. Yeah. If somebody else won't do it for you, you gotta, you know, do it yourself. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. One hundred percent. 
and do it your way, you know, like do it how you want to do it yeah. on your own terms, control everything that you can at least. Um, yeah. 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 Cause I'm sure like other labels, you know, try to change people's images or what they write about and everything. Yeah. Like it's like, like all the bullshit, like, um, and I won't, I won't use that example, but, um, yeah, like we don't like, like on our label, like the artists have full creative control. Like we would never try and like, we help guide them, but it's never like, you must do this or must do that. Um, like we don't really have a, yeah, like we're like here to guide people, but not tell them what to do and help them like meet their vision. You can see that too. I mean, yeah. Get Better picked up so much during the pandemic. Like it just blew mm -hmm. up and it has such great bands like Vile, like their whole album was so good. Loudmouth, just amazing stuff. And Susie True and I mean, Potty Mouth, we love them. And you know, we were we were sad that you know they decided to end, say, but they such a great <laughs> You got a mo just started oh, start pulling out all the records. Yeah, Kanan always pulls out like, whatever we're talking about. She has like you know an endless bag next to her of just stuff. That's awesome. <laughs> so many records. Were to pull out the cassette tape, but <laughs> um, Abby I have co I. Sorry, I was gonna say I have covert contracts over there, not over here. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and Abby from Potty Mouth actually works at the label now too. They do all of our like Instagram. So like, I don't, I don't run the social media or at least the Instagram anymore. That's all Abby. Oh, cool. Like, all, I don't know if you noticed like a shift in our graphics on social media, but that's all Abby. Um, they kind of do all of our yeah Instagram stuff and all that behind the scenes stuff that just got too much for like, for me to do on my own. So very thankful for that. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Taking pictures yeah. of records on the table, <laughs> like a precariously perched, <laughs> trying to. Yeah. Oh right. Yeah. <laughs> like Koji and I have a big photo shoot to do with all of the records. Just we're taking photos and photos and photos of everything that we have. But it's gonna be yeah. Koji like laying there with the records, <laughs> and you'll be you'll be suspended from the ceiling, just aerial yeah. view. Write that down. <laughs> Totally. That'd be great. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. I mean, Get Better does have like that family feel. You know, you see just how much people love being on the label and sharing their music with everyone and, you know, allowing themselves to be themselves because you don't see that with other labels. Right. I think that's what's so special about the label and something that Koji's really helped with too is like, yeah, we have met you know, label, have like label wide Zoom meetings to talk about, you know, Delta when it came out, like Omicron when it came out and like how everyone's feeling. Um, yeah, Koji, I don't, I don't know if you want to talk more about that, but that was like, like a huge thing that Koji helped build within the label was that that level of like family, family vibes. Yeah, I mean, we have like about, uh, I think we're working on like of records that just came out or will come out like 20 plus, you know, like maybe a couple dozen. And then we have like maybe three dozen active artists. Mm -hmm. And it's like a lot of teams, a lot of different communities like around the world. And, and we're just trying to, um, again, like create the space, like get better is a space that didn't exist and it needs to exist, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and I think like within the label, how we practice is just so important to like interrogate how we're meeting each other 
So that's, that's something we're always thinking about is like, what's the information in our experience that's been gatekept or mystified and how can we just like shine a light on the things that are, you know, scary for like developing bands or even bands that have been doing it for like a long time. How can we share wisdom? Cause we need each other's eyes to see. So I think there's like, you know, moreover than just uh, like figuring out what goes on like a COVID rider to advance a tour or a show or like which promoters are like COVID affirmative and safe. Cause you know, like a lot, there different artists have different needs and some folks are disabled or they're like, we're all, everybody in our community has um, friends and family differently affected by the pandemic, differently affected by the state, you know? So like, how can we just kind of name our different truths and see what's in there to work with? And that's like, that's powerful practice to get together. And I think the, uh, the old version of the industry or the industry that we feel like in a way we're insurgent to is really about isolating the artists. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's so many case studies about different deals and, and like horror stories about like what artists or even people at the label have gone through on the label side. Yeah. Just generally speaking about the industry. So yeah, like we want to disrupt those cycles and give record making a different shape. And that feels really good. Like it feels really affirming to just have artist meetings to regularly meet, to like have kind of consistency to like relationships Um, in a pandemic. I just definitely feel grounded in a way as I practice music, as I practice in community that like I never had before. And music's like the thing that I know. Like I started playing shows when I was like 12 and started promoting shows when I was 13 and I'm like turning 35 pretty soon. It's, it, it's like you, you go a whole lifetime of music and then I get to get better. I'm like, ah, oh, this is what I was imagining when I was a kid. Yeah. So that's, that's a really good knowingness too. And you just feel that. And I think that like childlike joy that you can still sometimes get to, even though it's like, you know, you rack up some kind of traumatic mileage when you like are in music so long. Um, but to like get here and be like, this is the place that's like such a gift, especially in, you know, times like these. So, you know, it's pretty crazy. And you see that too on social media. Like we love seeing the bands interact with each other and, you know, congratulate Mm -hmm. each other on new music or, you know, shows coming up, you know, promoting other shows, you know, for other bands and it's not competitive. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you don't, you don't see that with other labels sometimes with like other bands you hear of like bands not liking each other or you know questioning why this band's on the label or you know it's just it's good to see a label that is really you know family oriented and well-rounded yeah thanks for saying that (laughs) yeah it's nice to hear that perspective like from the outside of the label because yeah I mean that's like what we want you know that supportive community like no one like yeah like not people like not to feel in competition with each other. Like we're, they're fighting for our time or something or the spotlight. Um, we try to give everyone, you know, our full attention when we're working on a release with them. And it's so nice to see people like propping each other up. Yeah. That's like one of the best things I think about the label is all that, you know, all that care. Yeah. Yeah. And like, we, we know we're going to make mistakes and we're going to, um, how, how, like, you know, we're always thinking about how, how we can turn towards conflict and and turn towards like our mistakes or failures however you want to like you know or whatever speed bumps when we're just having a bad day like what's in there to work with 
and what what can we like take from it and just like deepen our understanding because it's we, we only have a finite time to like to be here and for me like I recognize music's like a thing much older than the state so it's like in a way like this like cosmic ancestral work to like think think in a way that's like how how can we honor that longer tradition of of music because it is this essential thing to like human life and it is a way that we not just connect to each other as humans but to like to the land and if it you know on as we here we are putting out records playing shows on stolen land like and and we're imagining a liberated world well like how can we do the little things and keep evolving over time that put us in better and hopefully one day right relationship with the lands with native people with each other and that's you know, because the shape of music before all that gatekeeping, all that the idea of the institution of the label or the institution of the artist, as if we're not all in collaboration with one another, as if it's not our whole scenes and our, our communities making these records. So it has a band name on the cover, you know, but it's in such a spirit of co-creation that anything gets done. It's actually magic, you know? So you look at the records, you hold it up. I'm like, wow, that's like, you're holding up a magical thing. <laughs> because it's it's almost impossible that it exists at all yeah so we're just trying to like walk with that knowingness and so every day is like pretty precious is like very exciting and like we find presence mm-hmm. and that's 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 what the fucking state the police state and you know prison industrial complex like borders that's what's robbed from us is presence you know that that presence and relationship with one another um so yeah it's like we do this and it's nice to hear you say that it's cool that the bands like each other because we're like this feels right to us do people get it like I don't I don't know it's so weird like hearing it from the outside because you're putting this work and you don't know if it's being effective or people are seeing it the way you see it yeah so that's why you have to be happy with it when you you know put it out there into the world yeah (laughs) create that magic (laughs) well I love you know I can from my point of view too I just want to like celebrate what you're doing and like the kind of like the the joy and and what y'all do is really like special to me and i i think i remember when like y'all followed my account and i'm so used to hearing like a like a, a like a turfy riot girl thing and like being amab and non-binary it was just like oh cool like i'm a girl like them like i was just like <laughs> sick like you know what I mean? Like that, that meant, a, that meant yes. a lot to me. And I was like, you're just doing, you know, you know what I'm saying? Cause I'm just like, there's you, you live your life expecting this trans violence. And like, you know, I, I just don't feel like presenting another way. I just don't care. But it like, so I think in a way, because I perform queerness the way that I do, it just meant, it meant a lot that like anybody accepts me, which that's what I keep finding out as I meet people through get better is like, oh, people accept me. And I had, you know, that, that was, that was like a struggle or like, I, I would have invited people in, not come out or like what I would have told somebody sooner if I didn't have a music career that I feel like boxed me into my gender. Yeah. You know, I was so violently racialized in the first place. I was like, I can't add another thing. I didn't have that support. So the fact that like, we're all connecting and that you're out here connecting people that's that's beautiful so thank you for what you do you know but I did think it was interesting the way you said like um you know the way that you were presenting queerness the way that you want to as opposed to what people like expect 
um, which is which is really interesting because people are always like, oh, you don't look this way or you don't dress this way. And they have like this like strange idea of what queerness is like supposed to be. Yeah, like a major unlearning for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. times have changed so much. Like even five years ago is not like it's not that long in retrospect, but the things we know now aren't what we knew back then. Yeah, absolutely. Just, you know, growing. Mm-hmm. growing getting better <laughs> yeah and you know like i i i'm so inspired by like like kids in high school and even younger oh yeah just like as i, I as i'm meeting more and more like trans youth i'm just like how did you how did you have the support or what did you see that allowed you to get there you know Cause I, when I was, when I was in fourth grade, the, the first organizing I ever did was a petition to like make the, uh, the dress code and the pun- like the punishment code gender neutral. Cause they used to punish us by gender. So it's like, mm-hmm. like boys get this punishment, girls get that. And I never felt, I always thought it was like a race thing, but I was like, but that's not quite it, you know? And it was like, it was definitely the gender thing, but I didn't have language for that. Some of these like <laughs> people that I meet, like, fucking new in elementary school and I was like I did too but I it just it wasn't in my vicinity I like I couldn't reach for any language to describe my experience um so yeah I'm like I love that the internet has like put this shit on light speed like let's absolutely abolish the binary like let's get let's get to all the the type of beautiful expressions and 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 beautiful presence that is available to us. Like it's an abundance thing, right? We just got to tap in. Well, I'm so glad some of us are using the tools to like, you know, get there ourselves and like help others do the same, you know? Yeah. Yeah. This is so sweet. I love this. Like, (laughs) we're just like loving each other. It's just (laughs) very harmonious. (laughs) We did just see um, Koji, your little quote, from the spin article about Spotify. You want to, you want to talk about that? Yeah. A little bit? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I guess like in a meeting, Alex was like, Hey, we got asked to respond to this, this podcast guy. And, um, you know, I didn't realize how upset I was about just generally the discourse. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think with good reason, uh, you know, that guy and that platform are having like this big moment. I think it's to distract us from like a lot of other things. And in all that discourse, while people are talking about vaccination and very rightfully talking about this dude's racism and hiding behind free speech and comedy to be able to like so freely, you know, uh, say what he wants to say uh, without any real recognition of like power. Cause that's, 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 I mean, there's a lot of things wrong with just the whole shape of that dude's career, you know? But um, mm-hmm. anyway, I just didn't realize how upset I was that people weren't talking about the transphobia and eugenics. And like, in a way I have to be like sort of coded to point towards white supremacy and patriarchy. You say these like, these words that people get really triggered by, you know, that like don't agree that those are problems. Mm -hmm. um so like how could I gesture towards that and kind of name our truth as like a community that you know like we can debate and whatnot about like I'm I'm responding to the person because they're asking us to respond Mm -hmm. 
to that whole situation. So Neil Young leaving, Joni leaving for Amazon, who is doing AWS cloud services for ICE, when like both of them regularly wear native regalia, you know, like native clothing. And they're going to a place that like, you know, publicly supports the, the border, you know? And what can we do where Spotify is the number one marketplace and we're talking about royalties and all of that uh, when like the CEO is giving a hundred million dollars to AI for like military use. Yeah. And we as cultural workers are trying to survive, pay rent, have health insurance, you know, like literally survive the state. And then this guy to add insult to injury is advocating for attitudes that will kill us, that get us killed at home on the streets, in our workplaces that make it unsafe everywhere. So I just felt like a little bit of like, uh, it was very activating to be like, these people can talk about fucking royalties mm -hmm. and the degradation of music. And I'm not hearing Joni or Neil or any big people covering this shit say anything about trans lives, about black trans lives, native trans lives, people, all trans people, you know, but all the people that are affected the most and by, yeah, by society, it's just like, again, we spend our days imagining, imagine, imagining a liberated world, like we truly do. It's not just music. So yeah, just to see the zeitgeist kind of pull in that direction. And once again, there'd be this huge erasure of trans people. It just, it, it didn't, it didn't sit right with me. So I said what I said, you know, just like you, I found out that a lot of people we're responding to all these things, not the content of what I was saying about, you know, just naming that, that privilege and power dynamic and the transphobia and eugenics, you know, because eugenics shaped my life. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm Filipino Okinawan, like my, my family and, and Japanese and my family um, came through like via Hawaii, mm -hmm. which is more stolen land. But, um, you know, like imperialism, colonialism shaped migration for from my ancestors it landed us in hawaii which you know wouldn't become a state because they didn't want the the eugenics at the time were shaping immigration policy and the, the proportions of different races that could be in the country mm -hmm. and you know the first filipinos to really be brought to turtle island some some were brought here for the world's fair in human zoos because we we're subhuman you know so for for me to hear those joe rogan words when this guy is on fucking testosterone saying that trans people shouldn't have access to hormone therapy because it's going to cause the downfall of society. Like that is fucking eugenics and that's violently transphobic. And I was like, and who does that affect the most black, brown, and native people. Mm -hmm. And like, we, we have to, especially us like doing these records and, and trying to survive the state while being settlers on stolen land. Like we, we have to think about, yeah, ways again to like be in right relationship. So yeah, I said what I said and like people came at me being like, why don't you delete Spotify? Why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? And I was like, I, nobody affirming me that transphobia exists. Mm -hmm. And for a lot of us, like that's just like haunting because we're, we are seeing ghosts like, because we're very aware of like the violence that happens all the time, every day to not just us, but all our friends and family.
So, and, and, you know, being the queer trans label, a lot of people very beautifully share a lot of their lives with us. And, and we, we know just a little bit of the shape of that, that violence in people's lives. So yeah, again, what can we do? It's the least I could say. And we're the only label to respond. And that's, it's dangerous for us because we know, we know there's people surveilling. I've been hacked and doxxed and blackmailed by Nazis. Like, um, you know, Nazis used to come to every show in, in my scene. And I'm like, who's, who's out here listening to this shit? It's fucking cops, teachers, your uncle, like it's, and it's huge. And you know, it's not about Spotify too. Like just as the publisher, if that guy's not on Spotify, he's bigger. Yeah. You know? So I, I'm just thinking in the first place, how can we just like get people calling out transphobia when it is occurring? Yeah. I can't even think about royalties. I can't even think about playlists. I'm, I'm really caring about like my, my siblings, my elders, um, young people who are trans, um, people of color. Yeah. So anyway, that's a long winded way of just saying I said what I said and I don't, I don't regret it. <laughs> when I first found out about Get Better and I was like a record label post about Palestine, <laughs> you know what I mean? And you find out Alex is Jewish. And I'm like, what? You know, I have not seen that before. And that's, I, I haven't seen, it. you know, like my favorite label, uh, label, one of my favorite labels growing up was, um, discord and i loved all the mutual aid and stuff in dc that was happening and um and you know to like a different degree some of the other labels in the 90s and 2000s that were doing like kind of mutual aid type stuff and awareness type things but yeah i just like i love that like get better was like saying some hard shit that like other people stay away from because you stand something to lose you forget how neoliberal the rest of the industry is mm-hmm. so i just love that alex was vocal from the get you know and, and was willing to also like grow in public and like we need our community like um our, our different like pockets of community like our different pods like we just need to keep interconnection yeah. and like not again like not pedestaling so like not being above critique not being um above anybody you know just an understanding we're all trying to do our best and learn and grow and yeah i mean it's it's hard putting yourself out there and voicing your opinions on these issues because it does set you up to be targeted and bullied and attacked and all these things but when you're surrounded by a community who also believes that stuff and supports it you don't get as much hate or you don't feel like you get as much hate like there's been things that we post that were like are you sure like we're just gonna might be bad and then we post it ballsy yeah but like people support it and you know it's it's great to see because you really cultivate your own audience and i think that's what get better has done too yeah and it's interesting too because you know i feel like the label like on like our like post it used to be like heavily like 50 percent music 50 percent political but then um we kind of like shifted a little bit because we're like we can't like, you know, obviously we like say what we believe in and, you know, talk about important things, but we also like are here for our artists too. Mm-hmm. And we can't let like, 
we don't want to hurt our artists as well. Like kind of like the Spotify stuff, like Spotify prides themselves, prides themselves on how in tune they are with like who's saying what about them uh, everywhere. So we're like, we need like, we can't like come at them hard on social media or anything because they'll like hurt our artists and already push them down further down the algorithm. Um, so we just like, you know, came at it from like a different angle, like was like, so like what you know, Koji said that quote. Um, so it's like a definite balance, yeah. you know? Um, but yeah, I feel like people who know us know what we <laughs> are about at this point. Um, and we're never gonna stop, you know, posting about the things we post about, but yeah, it is a interesting balance for sure. Like speaking on like performative, like on the topic of performativity, like do other like brands and just whomever um, come to you in like the month of like Pride Month, June or whatever, <laughs> and, and try to do collaborations like on a strictly like performative level. Yeah. Um, and you know what? I think a couple of years ago, I probably would have declined everything mm-hmm. out of principle. But now we're kind of like, how can we just milk it for everything they're going to give us? Like, <laughs> like I love seriously, that. Like, seriously. Like, no, we, but yeah, but not. Sorry, keep going, Alex. Sorry. <laughs> no, like, uh, I guess I can name it without naming it. One of the biggest search engines there are uh, was talking to us and we like did a whole interview process. We didn't hear back from them about doing a Pride Month feature with them. Mm-hmm. And we had the conversation, you know, like, should we not do this? Like, a, you know, but ultimately, yes, we should because we're the people, we're our artists, the people that need to be, you know, out there. And like, if it's not us, what are they going to do? Go to like, a cis on label who has like a couple queer artists and hit them up and they'll get all that stuff. So it's like not swallowing pride, but it's like, how can we use this to our advantage yeah. without crossing a line, you know? Um, yeah. I can't yeah, I th- that. <laughs> I, well, I think it's a question of, um, of capacity building, but not not like so there's a difference because in Philadelphia there is a blue line that runs through the rainbow flag mm-hmm. and that that's this that's where we are right now yeah you know what i mean like that that blue line through the like Philadelphia pride posts blue lives matter type shit jesus that's who runs our pride it's not just so corporatized it's militarized against like the people here and you saw what happened on the freeway mm-hmm. you know what i mean I don't know if everybody remembers like the tear, ga- the, the kettling and tear gassing on yeah, the, on the um, 676, but um, you saw what happened. So like, we're not cooperating with like corporate pride in like this normalizing like police violence sort of way. Um, but for, for us, we we're recognizing that like capital rainbow capitalism um, is going to give us certain attention. So it's like parsing through the different, different ass and being like what what can actually give material relief to our artists Mm -hmm. and expand a reach and how can we think strategically knowing that anything we do in capitalism is complicit um and and that's that's something we have to like work really hard in and be intentional and practice in a way that makes sense for us and hopefully continue to educate ourselves Mm -hmm. uh, because we we know doing capitalism is inherently fucked up yeah you know, it's 
it's there's no way around it you know having an internet bill and like cell phones or even music gear with circuit boards there's conflict minerals you know we're somehow working with like paying companies that have military and police contracts like it's so integrated it's also like on us to like again like consistently struggle against it you know that's the thing is like we're we're trying to because I'm not going to tell any native or black person or queer person to not have a job, you know, and like, not like get groceries and have rent and, and whatnot, but I'm not advocating for us all to become landlords either, or like join up with the police for corporate pride in Philadelphia. So it's being able to just kind of, again, like do that power analysis as we go, as opportunities come up and think about how can we support our artists? Cause it, it really, you know, I'm so excited for y'all to hear what like what we're working on and who we're working with and how we're practicing like and just the connections that we're making and the ways in which our artists are getting to know one another because that's the most radical thing we do and that's that's for the most part invisible you get to see the announcement day release day things happening uh, like on tour like the live show and that's such a celebration of like literally so much invisible work and that's what kind of makes you feel a little bit mad of like being like, do people know the intention that we're coming with? Mm-hmm. Do people know like our hearts and like um, the, the depth of our relationships and, and, and how we're embracing failure and mistakes and trying to, again, like get better. And like it, <laughs> it, it truly like, it's, it's a good walk through life. I, I really like it. I, I, didn't, I didn't think I could do music after after a while and then you see a fucking twitter just popping the fuck off on like (laughs) on everybody and i'm like who is this fucking label (laughs) (laughs) but i wanted to ask alex alex like how like how are you radicalized um and and can you track that at all with like the label yeah i've yeah definitely like like I like I feel like when I was growing up listening to music, it was always like political music. Like Propagandi was like my favorite band, and like I learned so much from Propagandi. And then from them, I just like that was like the gateway into it. And then becoming like um, like learning more about like gender and stuff like that, just like further even progressed it. Um, and yeah, it's funny how you said like I kind of like grew up with because I feel like the label and me just like grew up together in a way like I've almost ran it for like half my life at this point um so it's been a very interesting journey with it um but yeah I've always yeah like gravitated towards like radical politics one time a a here's collective shirt ended up on uh Alex Jones's show Infowars um yeah that was a a scary (laughs) moment yeah (laughs) I was like, I don't know, five years ago. And that's when we got our first P.O. box. <laughs> oh, sh- <laughs> <clears throat> oh, my gosh. I'm just like thinking back to like my childhood and like initially like the the Spice Girls, like how they would always be like girl power, equalization between the sexes. And like you would think as a child, like, aren't we equal? Like what's going on kind of kind of thing. And I'm, and I'm, that made me like think like, well, why, what's, what's unequal about this and that, you know, little pockets of as you're growing up of, of certain things that seem that are more political than you, than you think they are. And like, 
politicize you in like tiny ways. And then, yeah, like you said, with like Trump being president kind of propels you full motion into like, I need to do something about this mm-hmm. and, and take a stand in some way. I love that you brought up um, Spice Girls and Propaganda. It's probably the first, the first band. But I was like, the first. I think one of the first cassettes I ever got was a Spice Girls cassette because you're just like buying cassettes and like I thought that they looked cool. Um, and I think of Scary Spice. Like I really like leopard print. So like, I'm, <laughs> like as an yes. adult now, I get leopard print. And one of the best shows I've ever seen was like Spice Girls. Like a, like a few years ago before pandemic, I saw them at Wembley, and it was like. Oh my God. I hate big shows. I hate big shows. But I got off the airplane in London. Um, maybe this might have been to the end of 2018 or no, 2019. Yeah, so fall 2019. Um, I, I was just texting my friends who I knew were in London. And before I got off the plane, my friend was like, hey, what are you doing? Like, oh, you're here? What are you doing tonight? I was like, I don't have a plan. They're like, come to Wembley. I was like, okay. And it was for Spice Girls. I was like, what the fuck? That's um, amazing. So it was, it was really good. But like, I, I can really remember the same thing as you. Is like, what are they talking about mm-hmm. with like empowerment stuff? And is that for me? Because I felt empowered by it. But like, again, like you don't know you have a gender until people start imposing it yeah. on you. Right. Mm-hmm. So like, they were really impactful for me as much as like, I have for years thought about the first line of Shape a Plug to Come from Refused. Like ever since I heard it when I was like 11 or 12 off, um, yeah, off of Shape of Punk to Come, I, maybe, maybe it's the first line of Nunoid, but yeah, I got, I got a bone to pick with capitalism and a few to break. And I was like, okay, what is capitalism and why are they so mad at it? <laughs> you know? And, and like, I think like, you know, the, the industry and like, you know, I don't blame people for not being radical because debt shapes your life, shapes your psyche. I've seen a lot of first gen people being like, you know, uh, being like a, like POC, like settler. I think about like how conservative first gen Asians can be, you know, how many of them voted for Trump or like how like the, the media system um, after the U S took Philippines from Spain was set up by the US and how like Chinese papers and Filipino papers are set up by the US here to like shovel out propaganda to those communities for like the people just arriving here. And, and that's why you had so many Asians voting for Trump. And like, I think about how that happens for all immigrant people or how, you know, all the counterinsurgent stuff that they do, all the propaganda, it fucking works. You married propaganda with debt and and like uh, a widening wealth gap where you don't have time to think it's privileged to make decisions based on values and to think through this shit. So like, yeah, I just think about all of that. I'm like, dude, like I don't blame anybody. I want people to get out of that and get free from it. Um, But this shit works, militarism and propaganda and like uh, policing and Mm -hmm. it, it all, it's an elegant system that is like very effective. Uh, But again, it's new. So I don't think it's going to prove out over time. Again, nature wins and, and people power, you know, collective power. But fuck, thank God for the Spice Girls. Cause I'm like, now, now I'm like, I can tell people about that shit. Cause I'm like, oh yeah. Like I'm, I'm like, I'm a queer person. I can say that I like whatever the fuck beyond gender, you know? So I was like, yes. 
Spice Girls is every bit as influential to me as is fucking refused and propaganda. And fuck you people who think you're better than girl bands. You know what I mean? Like, like that's, that's, that's what I got to say. Because I was just like, dude, like I, I grew up going to Warped Tour, seeing my cousin's band. Um, he was in a, a band called One Man Army, now plays in Dead to Me. And um, mm-hmm. his name is Jackie Dalrymple. And, and he's like part Filipino. I used to go to Warped Tour and like see him. And he was like friends with like all the fat bands and like, uh oh, band bands and stuff like that and like came up in the bay with like alkaline trio and stuff and i would just like go to shows like and and be like wow punk rock's sick like i can do it too you know but i was every if i'm being honest i was every bit as empowered by the spice girls <laughs> as i was by going to like warp tour and see my fucking cousin and specifically scary spice because i was like that's the yeah. i'm i'm the one I look the most like, I think, because I'm kind of brown, you know? So I'm just like, you're looking for people. There was no Asian people in music, you know? So I'm just like looking for anybody that's, once people start racializing you and you start getting beat up on the playground for not being white, I'm just looking for anybody that's like, am I cool? So I just love, you know, that a Mitsuki record fucking came out in Japanese Breakfast and Asian people are in music now because when I started playing music, and booking agents and managers were coming to see me in like uh, the late aughts, early early tens. They were they're saying Asian men don't sell in guitar music. Like you're really good. You sold a lot of tickets. That's great. People are singing along. Keep doing what you're doing. But you know we can't work with you because you know there's no ceiling. You're not there's no ceiling because you're not even in this room. Yeah. And you're like fuck. What? Thank you for being honest. Because but I learned then like I can't work from this angry place always reacting and it took me a long time to like kind of get to this place where it's like just build the world you want you know just build it it doesn't exist just build it and I hope you know if people aren't ready for some of the political stuff that they've been that we've been talking about I hope that the takeaway always is is like you know trust trust what your body's telling you when you're having like stress or trauma responses whatever trust your own experience don't look for external affirmation or you know uh to validate your existence like you are valid and just like do what you can like just start where you are just do what you can until you're ready because i had a neoliberal slide you know i thought it was all sweet when obama got elected i got re-radicalized by obama term two because Mm -hmm. the shit was not getting better and like by the time Trump comes around, I'm like, well, maybe people will know it's bad now, you know. And now it kind of proved like to me, my like I'm just like, fuck, Biden's back. It is way worse than when Trump was in office, and everyone thinks it's fine. But because we're back to normal, the reason I think we're seeing all the mass mandates fall and like the the rush back to normal, and people aren't caring is like, of course, like just like you know, ableism and anti-blackness, mm-hmm. right? also transphobia and all the other things, but definitely ableism and anti-blackness first and anti-indigenous. Um, but I think all of that is to say that like, yeah, like we, you can't revolt if, if there's no universal income, everybody's busy getting sick, you're destroying support networks because everybody's burnt out. Um, so, and, and then you have the aesthetics of neoliberal like identity politics and injury politics, everyone being like, oh, representation's so great. Well you know, get better is here to say, you know, we'll take your fucking pride money and fuck you. <laughs> and like, you know, we'll take the representation, but also fuck you because we're here to get free. 
you know, liberation. That's it. That's the goal. Um, and how we do it, like we don't, we definitely don't have all the answers and we're still studying. Um, but we're trying with all our might and we're, you know, here we are today on a pod trying with you. <laughs> and I hope, I, I hope, I hope that that's what people will get is you just get together. You make the space, mm-hmm. you make the space and you start, you start where you are. Your social media, social media. where everyone can find you and all that fun stuff. Yeah. Uh, we have like at get better records on Instagram and get better Rex on Twitter. And yeah, thank you both so much for asking us to be part of your podcast. Um, everyone go follow you. So <laughs> I hope everyone's already following you. Yeah, who's listening? Keep following. Tell your friend. Keep following. <laughs> start, start bands. Everybody start bands or start your solo project or make the art or the records like the, you know, the design. Learn, learn coding and don't work for like a big tech company like uh don't don't um resign yourself to just like nonprofit culture or whatever like you can do stuff on your own or with like a small squad and you never need to protect like an institution just to keep it existing like just do do projects and shapes that fit you and that feel good to everyone involved and like never never stop creating and like always remember you're co-creating as you go like you you don't get to where you are all those good things are like the blessings from your friends your family your ancestors like uh teachers and elders and stuff and like yeah the more we can just open ourselves up to just beautiful intergenerational community and connected community and like feel our relationship with each other and the land we'll fucking get there and our music will sound so much better because we're gonna be like just like healthier people more joyful and loving people so if you just like keep doing rad shit that you're like curious about, like, yeah, you're going to be fine. Um, and follow <laughs> girls like us. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, thank you both. Yeah. yeah thank It'll... you so, so, so much. You're not the only one with